Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. We got a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we continue to try to be the best versions of ourselves that we can as we serve our Lord. Today's podcast is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Right. So before we get into that, um, if you want to listen to more of the podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, you can listen to it on YouTube. You can subscribe there. You can also listen on iTunes as well. And if you're on the business professional site, you can also listen on LinkedIn. And we are now also on Pinterest. Uh, so you can friend me there. Uh, just look at my name, Jordan Pugh, and the podcast and other boards and things like that are there too. All right. All right. So what we're going to talk about today, are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Well, what does that mean? Right. You know, I grew up, I don't know about you, but. I love superheroes. I grew up loving them, right? You know, you got your Superman, you got your Batman, you got Spider-Man, Iron Man, you got all these guys, right? And you think about with a hero, a hero, you know, sacrifices, a hero has a backstory, a hero has difficulties that he has to face, right? But overall, he's the, the overarching theme of the story. It's the hero, right? But with every hero, you always have to have a villain. You know, whether it's a movie, whether it's a show, whether it's a book, if you just have a book just on a hero and there's no struggle, there's no pain, there's no growth, there's no, it's not very interesting because it's, it's perfection, right? But you think about these heroes that have villains, right? You know, you got Thanos, right? From the Avengers and you got the Joker, right? And then you got Lex Luthor, you got all these other people, right? Who are kind of in an essence, the anti-version of the hero, Right. And so they have their own backstory and things of that nature. But what we want to talk about today is, as a Christian, are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Well, how can you be both, right? How can you be a hero and how can you be a villain? We're going to see from the life of Moses today that is, it is extremely, extremely possible for you as a Christian person you as a leader in the church to be a hero and a villain all right so you're gonna you're gonna understand what we're gonna talk about here but let's get into the text and you'll start to understand what i'm talking about okay so let's open our bibles let's go to genesis chapter or not genesis exodus exodus chapter 15 exodus chapter 15 and again if you're new to this podcast uh, we use the scripture to, to use our examples to where we get our text. The scripture is where we go to get our answers from. Okay. All right. So Exodus chapter 15. Now, let's get some background here. From the chapters before, you have the children of Israel and they are in Egyptian bondage, right? And so essentially Moses and his brother Aaron continue to go to Pharaoh and said, the Lord said, let my people go. And Pharaoh every single time because the scripture describes that his heart was very hard. And so Pharaoh said, I'm not, I'm not going to let them go. So then God proceeds to send 10 plagues to the land of Egypt, right? And after each plague, after each plague, Pharaoh still said, no, 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 no. Right. Until the last plague where his firstborn son was killed. Then Pharaoh said, okay. Let the people go, right? And so then you have the people that they're let go. They come to the Red Sea. 
they don't know how they're going to get across. Moses says, look and see the, the salvation of the Lord. The Red Sea splits. Israel walks through. The Egyptians follow the Israelites through. And then the water falls down on the Egyptians. Now, this is where we're at literally after the water falls in Genesis chapter or Exodus chapter 15. Okay. So remember, keep this in mind now. Are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Okay. So you got to think about who Moses was to these people because you're talking about for generations that they were in bondage and Moses comes to save them. And so notice Exodus 15 and, and let's, we're kind of, kind of bounce around, but I just want you to see the idea. Okay. So let, let, notice verse one. So remember, this is essentially right after, um, the water falls on the Egyptians and then they're free. All right. Verse one, then sang Moses and the children of Israel, this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength. He's my song. He's my salvation. He is my God. I will, I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name, right? Then jump down to verse number 20. And then not only is Moses celebrating and the people celebrating, but then Moses' sister is, verse 20. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women with her with their timbrels and dances. And Miriam said, sing to the Lord. He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. And so you have this giant parade, right? Moses, look at what you've done. Look at what the Lord's done. Moses, you are the greatest thing that we've ever known. You are our savior. You've helped us. The Lord is the greatest thing we've ever known. He's our savior. He helped us, right? So guess what Moses and God is right now for the children of Israel? They're the hero. You've sacrificed everything. You've given everything for us. You helped us escape from a place of bondage where we would have never escaped if you hadn't shown up. But watch how quickly the narrative changes. Verse number 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink. For the waters of Marah, they were bitter. Therefore, they called the name of it Marah. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. But think about for for days, right? For days as they're walking. Moses, you're this. God, you're this. Moses, you're this. God, you're this. Day two. Moses, you're this. God, you're this. Moses, you're this. Day three. <clears throat> Started to get that little little cough, right? <clears throat> Moses, you're <clears throat> <clears throat> you are <clears throat> Bro, I'm thirsty, dog. Like why didn't Moses bring us out here? Moses, you're, <clears throat> you're this. You see how quickly the narrative changes? Because the need like that changed for the people. 24. And then after all this, the people murmured against Moses. So now what is their view of Moses now? Is he a hero? Is he their savior? Is he the one that helped them 
escape from the from the powerful hand of Pharaoh? Not anymore. Guess who he is? Man, Moses is just a dude that helped us escape just so we could die out here. You see how quickly narratives can change? You can be a hero and the next minute, guess what you can be? To the, I'm talking about to the same people. Literally, these are the same people three days ago that said, Moses, God, you guys are the best ever. Three days later, what do they say? They're murmuring against Moses. I'm talking about the same people can say you're you know, the same people can can say you're the best thing ever. The same people. But the exact same people that tell you you're great, those are the same ones that murmur against you just like Moses. That's why the scriptures in the book of Proverbs, and I believe some in the Psalms, but mostly in Proverbs, it talks about don't listen to flattering lips. You know why? Because those same flattering lips that say you're the best thing since sliced bread, if they have something good to say about you, guess what also they have? They got some bad stuff to say about you too, whether you hear it or not. You know what I'm saying? So are you willing as a leader, as a person, as a Christian, are you willing to take on the role of the hero and the villain? Because here's here's what happens. And let's use this example. As a preacher, no matter what decision I make, some people are going to view that decision and they're going to say, um, you made a biblical decision based off of what the scriptures say, right? But then some people will say, you didn't make the right choice. So, so what, so what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do if you're ever put in that situation? You see, here's why you don't listen to the people. I don't, I don't, the thing is like, I don't care who they are. You don't listen to the people. You listen to what God has to say, right? Think about, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What if they would have listened to everybody else? They hear the sound of the trumpet. Everybody goes down and they look around and they're the only one standing up. Do you, do you listen to everybody else because they're because they're uh they're bound down? No, you do what's right, even though it's hard. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day, and we had a conversation, and he reminded me of something, and he said, "You know, no matter if it's hard to do, or no matter if it's easy to do, it's always right." to do right and it's always wrong to do wrong and sometimes and I found myself doing this sometimes sometimes you try to justify well I had to do this because or I was forced to do this because you know when we when we start to make excuses then we know we're not in the right camp and so remember we're talking about are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Because when you make choices and when you lead, just like Moses does, the people will love you for a couple days. The people will love you for a week. 
You make one wrong move. You make one wrong mistake. You make one wrong decision. You make one wrong judgment. Then they hate you. Wait, so what was all that love a couple days ago? Oh, that was, that was in the past. This is now. Literally, that's how some people think. You know, that's why in the book of uh, in the book of Psalms, that's why David always says, I trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord and do good. Psalm 37. You know what I mean? So trusting in the Lord, because here's the thing about people and I'm including myself in people. We are very inconsistent. It doesn't matter even if we. If we're the most pious people or even if we know so much or even we're still extremely inconsistent people. And and one minute, you know, I could be this, but the next minute I could feel that just because we're inconsistent. Right. And so why would you and I, why would we put our trust in people that are so inconsistent? Why, you know, David said, look, I put my trust in the person that doesn't change. Remember, we seen that song, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. His hand never changes. But guess who changes? I do. I've changed in the last couple of years. I know people have changed. We're not the same. But God, like it talks about Jesus, who is God, John chapter 1, is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So why not stick to someone that's the same? And so notice what Moses had to do. Moses, he was a savior of these people. But then the savior of the people, guess what? It's always the martyr. You see, I think Moses was a type of Christ. Because guess what Jesus was to us? Guess what Jesus is to us? He's our savior. But let me ask you this question. Yes, Jesus is our savior. But we do the same thing the children of Israel do. When we don't understand something. When things in our life don't work out, when our circumstances don't change, when we don't understand, when we question God, guess what we do? When things are well in your life, spiritually, and maybe physically, <clears throat> how do you how do you talk to God? You talk just like the children of Israel did first. God, you're the most amazing thing ever. You are awesome. You are our savior. You are my strength. You are my song. It's it's all you, right? But then the minute something happens that you don't get, the minute something happens where things go just extremely south real quick, what do you do then? <laughs> do the same thing. Murmur against God. Why is the Lord? I don't understand. You see what I'm saying? So we do the same exact thing. And so Jesus Christ he was a type of, or Moses was a type of Christ. Now, are you willing to be the hero and the villain? You got to be willing to take the good and the bad. You know, that's why, you know, you can't take people's compliments. Uh, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Because if, if you listen to it over and over, you're going to view yourself as they view you. But then when you make a mistake, the same people that loved you and said you're awesome are going to be the same people that are going to talk behind your back. It happens every single time. But here's the difference between a hero and a villain. When a villain is talked about, when a villain is murmured about, 
he takes negative action. But the hero, when he's talked about, when a hero, when he's murmuring about, he cares because he's a human, he feels it, but he understands that they need help just like he does. And so notice this. Go to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Now here is when the children of Israel make the golden calf. And after they get the golden calf, uh, basically Moses comes down. He sees it. He melts it down. And the people have to drink the gold, right? But notice how Moses, not really Moses right here, but notice how God feels about the people. Because remember, instances like this have been happening over and over and over and over and over. And God is tired of it. Notice verse number 11 of chapter 32, or verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, they are a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may come hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out, time out. Flag on the play. Let's think about this for a second. So if you're Moses, right? Think about all that you've had to endure up to this point. These people, without me, without me, they they would still be in bondage. They would still be under the mighty hand of Pharaoh. And I still could have been just doing what I was doing. Then after I helped them, from bondage, which I didn't have to do. They murmur against me and they complain. They murmur and complain. They murmur and complain. And eventually they, they wanted to stone me. And then they wanted to rise up and rebel and put another leader above me. Okay. So then the Lord has a conversation with Moses. I'm hot. I, I am mad at these people. So this is what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to destroy all of them. I will utterly consume them all. And I will make you a great nation. So. Remember, what's a villain going to do? A villain's going to. Hold up. So you're saying these same people are, that are that have talked evil about me in front of my face and behind my back. You will consume them. And not only will you consume them, you will continue to make me great. Bet. Do it. Tell me Tell me when you're done. Tell me when you're done. We can start over. Both of us. New start, right? How many of us would have done that? Bet. All right. New start. Notice. What did Moses say? Watch verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God you know what besought means the Lord Moses pleaded to God about what about the same people that talked behind him the same people that murmured against him the same people that wanted to stone him same people you know how hard that is that is that's why the Bible describes Moses as the meekest man to ever walk the earth because you got to think about, he had the opportunity to have them consumed. 
and he didn't take it. But not only did he did he not take it, he besought on their behalf. And he said this, Lord, why does your wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with a great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this, this evil against thy people. Now what this is not, this is not God sinning. This is not Moses saying, God, you're sinning because you want to destroy the people. This is not what this is. What this is, really, this is really a test for Moses to see if he really cared for his people. Now, Moses is saying here, not only is Moses, first of all, first of all, Moses isn't even concerned about how the people affected him. You see, that's how this is where we mess up today. We mess up today by thinking about how the situation affected us. So let's say, uh, just like Moses, let's say you're the leader. And let's say this group of people always murmured and talked about you, right? You have the opportunity to have that pe- those people destroy. This is what most people would do today. They would start, the first thing they would think about is, well, let me sit here and think about what they've done to me. Let me think about the things that they've said to me, to my face and secretly. Let me think about all the stuff that they've done to me to see how it has affected me. You know what that does? That adds fuel to your ever-burning fire against them anyway. That's not what we should be doing. So first off, Moses wasn't even thinking about how the... Moses didn't even think about how the people affected him. When he had every right to, he didn't. But notice what else he said. Not only was he not concerned about himself and how the people viewed him, but number two, he was concerned with how other people viewed God. Because he said, look, Lord, if you destroy them, what are the Egyptians going to think? Are the Egyptians going to say you just did all that great stuff just to bring them out to kill them? Lord, your reputation is on the line. I'm thinking about the people and I'm thinking about you. You see how awesome a heart that is that Moses had? But then notice what he says. Verse number uh, verse number 13. Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by your own self. And you said to them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all the land that I have spoken of will I give your seed and they will inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do to his people. This is really an awesome statement and phrase here because you got to think about when God is hot, when God is mad, when God is angry, he's hot. When God is mad, he's 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 mad. But you know the awesome thing about the heart and the attitude and the meekness of Moses? God created everything from nothing he can destroy everything instantly but Moses being the meekest man to walk on the earth he was able to alleviate the anger of God you know how incredible that is like if you seriously think about that 
he was able to alleviate the anger of God. That's insane. Because you got to remember, Moses saw what God could do. He saw the ten plagues, right? But he alleviated it. Why? Because the main thing that God wanted to see from his leader was that he's not thinking about himself. Remember, we're talking about are you willing to be the hero and the villain? Sometimes with some people, that's just what you're going to be. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> it doesn't matter the, the, the great things or the things that you do right. A certain group of people will always view what you did. They'll always view your wrongs bigger than your rights. Right? So you could do 50 great things right. But the one wrong thing that you did will trump all the 50 great things you've done. That's just the nature of some people. But even though that happens, guess what your attitude should be to them and to the people that follow you? The same thing that Moses was here. I still care about you. You know, it, it's that's not learned. Oh, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's not um, that's not natural. Is what I meant to say. That's learned. You've got to learn. That's why love. That's why emotion. That's really why. Um, that's why, and I'm trying to learn this now, as a single guy. Love is not a. It is a feeling, but it's not 100% a feeling. Love is something that you have to learn to love somebody, despite their imperfections. I think that's the thing that gets so much of us as Christians. We expect the other person and vice versa. The other person expects us, especially if we bear the name Christian, they expect us to be perfect. They expect that. And so when they do wrong, they expect you to do the perfect thing all the time. Or when I do wrong, we expect them to do. It's not going to happen. Even if you bear the name Christian, it's not going to happen. And that's a misconception that messes us up. But what love is is love is the ability, despite seeing the wrong that's happening, despite knowing the wrong that has happened, you make a choice to still not reward for what's been done to you and vice versa. That's a choice. You see, that's not natural. You have to learn how to do that. You have to learn to forgive. You have to learn to love. You have to learn to make those choices. And that's exactly what Moses is teaching us here. He's teaching us what true agape love is. True agape love isn't, well, they haven't done anything for me, or they haven't helped me, or they haven't. That's not what it is. Even if they, they haven't or they never will, I will still show them that love because that's what Christ did for me. And so they're not entitled to it. I'm not entitled to it. It's a choice. We give it to them. Why? Because God wants me to. You see what I'm saying? And so that's that's the, the giant lesson that we can get from Moses. Is how to be a lover of God's people. It's hard. It's not easy. 
It's not easy. Because some people will say some nasty things about you. To your face and behind closed doors. They will say some nasty things to you. They will say some nasty things about you. But then when they see you. <laughs> how's it going? Like like nothing's happened. But guess what you must do? You must keep your head about you. Just like Moses. Are you willing to be the hero and the villain? You see, this is something that we must embrace because we must know that people are going to be inconsistent. We must know people aren't going to be perfect. We must know that there are going to be mistakes made. But despite that, our agape love has to be stronger than anything else. So I hope that this has helped you as a leader this has helped you as a christian this has helped you as a mother as a as a as a husband and a wife as a boyfriend girlfriend as a whatever the relationship status is it has helped you to understand that imperfections wrong it's it's gonna be there but you got a choice to react and show love instead of reacting the way that others react to you. You know what that takes? Meekness. And in the book of Matthew, and we'll end with this. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus speaks on this too. And notice what he says. Uh, verse number 3 or verse number 5. Blessed are the meek. Why? For they shall inherit the earth. Thanks, guys.